Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thanks for joining us as we try to explain biblical prophecy in a way that you can understand if you put your mind to it and we open the scriptures together. I'm launching today a, a mini-series on the rapture, that is the view of the rapture is going to occur at any moment, and today we're going to be talking about the rapture and the millennium. Uh, these two topics are deeply interrelated, but before I begin, I want to mention I have three free handouts for you. If you send an email requesting them, askthehost at gmail.com. The first two handouts we're going to be dealing with in this episode are handouts that uh, we've used in the past. I've updated them slightly, but I think significantly trying to either make things clearer or add a little explanation, and it's not in any way going to cloud a previous version of these handouts. I think it just makes them stronger, better, and clearer, and so you're welcome again to request those, and it's just easier for us to send all three, believe me, and I think you'll actually like the updated versions of the first two today. And so, again, that's askthehost at gmail.com. Now, notice the methodology we're taking in Luke 21. We have just completed a mini-series seeing what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about prophecy and the end times. Well, why did we do that first? Well, uh, you know, you're talking about five pages, ten paragraphs, succinct, clear, uh, footnoted with scripture references uh, upon which the statements made in the catechism are based. And, and that's why I did that first, because when you get to the rapture theory, a lot of Catholics, when trying to instruct others about the rapture, rapture at any moment, or do apologetics, uh, trying to oppose this modern rapture theory, they start with addressing it directly. But by doing so, you may never get to the place you understand with clarity what Catholics do believe. And that's why I did the catechism first. And then there's a second reason, and I can testify to this, because I wanted the rapture theory to be true more than any other person I have ever met in my entire life. And that's the truth. And I have lived in Southern California, attended a church which was a big, big promoter of the rapture at any moment. I've sat literally at the feet of Hal Lindsey's uh, seminars. I read everything I could to try to prove the rapture true. But you know, there is a, a, a problem. It's like taking a very complicated puzzle, and you think you basically have it, but there's a couple of key pieces that just don't seem to fit. And I was told, well, those key pieces are due to you need to know Greek in order to understand this. And of course, 99.9% .9 of people don't know Greek and they're never going to, so they just swallow the rapture theory even though there seems to be some missing pieces to it. Well, I wanted this thing to fit, I really did. So I studied Greek like a madman even though I'm 
not particularly skilled in foreign languages at all, but I did well in Greek. And then I turned to the New Testament, some of those key passages where I could find that missing piece of the puzzle. And guess what? They were not there. So my point is this. The rapture at any moment theory is puzzling because it is puzzling. It's it's a puzzle with missing pieces. And if you start studying biblical prophecy using a puzzling theory, you will end up puzzled as far as what's going on. So that's why I started with the catechism on purpose. Again, five pages, 10 paragraphs, clear, succinct, true, footnoted with scriptural references, and then we've now moved to the rapture theory. So I am very quickly going to go through a handout we have used in past episodes early on in Luke 21, also when we were at Revelation chapter 20, but it's the handout entitled The Three Views of the Millennium. And by that, the millennium, we're talking about the 1,000 years mentioned six times, just in like, what is it, 10 verses, I believe, in Revelation 20, six times you find 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years. Well, mille in Latin is for a 1,000. Millennium is referring to that 1,000 years mentioned in Revelation 20. And as I have mentioned several times, that it's very important how you interpret Revelation 20 because it is going to color your whole view of biblical eschatology. And so that's why I have the handout. The three views are the first one, the pre-mill, and this is by way of summary for many of you, but pre-mill standing for pre-millennialism, that pre, before the millennium, before the thousand-year period in Revelation 20, those holding this view believe the second coming happens pre-millennium, okay? The second view is called amillennialism, and basically this was the view of St. Augustine, this is the view of the general uh, bulk of Catholics, although it's a horrible term, because ah generally means before word negates it, the much better description would be present day millennium. And that's why if you get my updated version of the three views of millennium, I have there amillennialism or present day millennialism. And that means the period described in Revelation 20 is the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ Uh, from his ascension into heaven till the time of his second coming. In other words, it's a present reality, not a future reality. And then there's post-millennialism. I'm not going to deal with that because it's somewhat of a more minor view, but that the Lord will return after a millennium. The preaching of the gospel brings about a great transformation, and then Christ returns. Okay, but the important point is We need to study the pre-millennial view. And in my experience, even pastors and teachers who are strong proponents of the rapture at any moment don't take the time 
to study the larger question, the bigger question of the millennial view. And here's the reason why. And now I'm turning to the second handout that you don't have in your hands probably at this point, but let me describe it. These are three varieties of the premillennial viewpoint. And on this handout, I have premillennialism. So we're only talking about right now premillennialism. Again, the Lord returns before a millennium begins, and that's the second coming will be followed by a thousand-year period, referred to in Revelation 20. So this hasn't begun at all yet, whereas the catechism, and I think there's a whole bunch of scriptures indicate it, it has. It's a present reality. But nonetheless, premillennialism, like if I was outlining it, giving it a Roman numeral one, and then under premillennialism, there's A, B, and C subcategories. And the three subcategories of premillennialism are, it's basically an intramural debate within premillennialism of when is the so-called rapture going to occur in relation to a seven-year period, in their view, before the millennium begins. So there's pre-trib, pre-trib rapture. That means a rapture is before a seven-year tribulation and before the second coming and before the millennium. Okay, And then there's the mid-trib, and that's just what it sounds like the rapture occurs in the middle of a seven-year tribulation. And then there's the post-trib, and that's the rapture occurs after the seven-year tribulation, but before the second coming or simultaneous with the second coming and before the thousand-year millennium. Now, here's the important point, and it's an important point that was lost on me as I studied, 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 studied the rapture at any moment and didn't study, study, study the millennial viewpoints. And here it is. If you study the millennial viewpoints and come up with the conclusion that premillennialism isn't true, then forget about the rapture theory because it's simply a category within premillennialism. If premill isn't true, well, then the whole pre-trib rapture at any moment thing isn't true because it's simply a, a subcategory within that, and people don't look at the wider picture. And this is perhaps the simplest, the quickest, the most profound way. You don't need to parse any little Greek word or uh, get all complicated theological explanations. You just know that there's a view of the millennium that says it hasn't begun yet and that the rapture at any moment theory is a subtopic, so to speak, under that category. And if the larger, wider category isn't true, then the rapture isn't true. Now, why? Do, did so many people, particularly here in the United States and Great Britain, reject the present-day kingdom, the amillennial viewpoint? Well, back when all this was going on, early 20th century, the amillennial viewpoint was almost viewed as a subcategory within postmillennialism. And postmillennialism was being used by the social gospel progressive uh, taking Charles Darwin and applying it to Christian theology and creating this socialistic utopia, okay? And so basically, people who believed the Bible 
would look over at the liberal Protestant movement using postmillennialism and says, well, those people don't believe the Bible. No wonder why they don't believe in a literal future millennium in Revelation 20. Well, the thing is, there's a way to interpret the Bible literally, and there's also a way to interpret the Bible biblically. And by biblically, you always look at the context of the meaning. And there are times when 1,000 means literally 1,000, but often it does not. For instance, in the Psalms, it says, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, there's a lot of hills throughout the world, more than 1,000. So that means that hill 1001, those cattle aren't due to the gift of God for grazing the earth? No, it's just an expression saying all the hills, but using the word 1,000 to indicate a very large number. How about Psalm 84.10? For a day in your courts is better than a 1,000 elsewhere. Does that mean in day 1,001? Um, you know, it's not nice to be in the courts of God? You mean you have to take this absolutely literally? No, taking it biblically means it's just, uh, it's better than any other place, a day in God's courts than the longest time someplace else. That's what Revelation 20 is talking about, a long time, period. Uh, and this goes on and on. Uh, there's Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's a blessing of God will just bless your family line for a thousand generations if you're faithful to him and pass on the faith properly as he indicates. And does that mean a thousand one generations are going to fall into apostasy? No, it's just saying they'll be faithful for a very long time and that's what Revelation 20 is talking about. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 327 of Luke 21 Radio.